Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. If I get drunk, tell I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who gets drunk next to you. And if I heave up, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's heavering to you. But I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more to be the man who walks The question returns upon the election of a speaker. The tellers will please come forward and take their seats. Again? Really? Again? And again? And again? And again? So I know it's Monday, and I know this has all been kind of resolved by now, but, you know, let me take you back to Friday noon when we didn't know what was going to happen. Round 12, McCarthy, Jeffries, Matt Gates gets up to speak. My colleague from California, Mr. Garcia, knows the incredibly high regard I hold him in. He is a patriot. I deeply, deeply admire him, but I must take some exception with some of the comments he made in his nomination of Mr. McCarthy. First, he said that Mr. McCarthy has earned the position. You only earn the position of Speaker of the House if you can get the votes. Mr. McCarthy doesn't have the votes today. He will not have the votes tomorrow. And he will not have the votes next week, next month, next year. You know how a sound clip sometimes doesn't age so well? (laughs) (laughs) Just, just, no, just... Keep, keep in mind, Matt Gates, noonish on Friday. Mr. McCarthy doesn't have the votes today. He will not have the votes tomorrow. And he will not have the votes next week, next month, next year. Um, skipping forward. <laughs> if, if, I, if, if, if I skip forward a little ways, I find out that The tellers agree in their tallies that the total number of votes cast is 428, of which the Honorable Kevin McCarthy of the state of California has received 216. In case you're not so good with the mathematics. With six recorded as present. Therefore, the Honorable Kevin McCarthy of the state of California, having received a majority of the votes cast, is duly elected Speaker of the House of Representatives. So apparently he would have the votes. Not next week, not tomorrow, but that very same day. <laughs> Just later. Just, Just later. later. Later in the day. That's right. So the, the in-between there and here, basically, is that, you know, Matt Gates raised continuing objections about Kevin McCarthy's trustworthiness, about the fact that he's good at fundraising and that's all, and that, you know, he's been manipulative and that he wants to see the speaker's position be in a straitjacket because he doesn't trust McCarthy with the power. He thinks he's going to, you know, do bad things for the country and serve the people who donate to him and on and on and on. It's stuff that he's said before. And remember, the trade here, in order to get Matt and others to stand down, and the way that turned out was basically they go through rounds 12 and 13 in the daytime on Friday and nothing happened. I mean, there was no movement, not really. Um, there was actually, I shouldn't say no movement. There were about... 12 or 13 of the not original gang of opponents who actually voted for McCarthy. So he got up to 212. That was the first time he'd actually won a vote, I think. Um, yeah, 212, is that right? I think, yeah, 214 for McCarthy on that vote, 13. And then they adjourned until the evening. 
And when they came back in the evening, they did a 14th round and they got they didn't get there. And it was tense for a minute because Matt Gates voted present in that round, which was a big break in the action. Lauren Boebert, too. But it wasn't enough. It was 432 total votes and 216 for McCarthy. So it was like exactly half and you need one extra. So there was a motion to adjourn until noon Monday. And we thought this was going to all wait until today. But then there were huge yells of complaints that there was a no, let's keep going. And one of the one of the weird things about Congress, and if you've never watched Congress, and this would be like you'd have to watch it on C-SPAN in order to see this happen, because C-SPAN does a really good job of covering you know, Congress and covering when votes are happening. And you know that screen where they put up there that there's a vote, and it's the yeas and nays, Democrats, Republicans, totals, who hasn't voted so far? It's the most boring 1984 graphic there ever has been. But it's the key graphic. <laughs> It's the key graphic, okay, because that's the one that tells you how a vote is going. And the weirdest thing, because they called for an adjournment to go to Monday, and it looked again like several of the previous ones had been, that it would be very tight, very close. Probably the no's were going to win, as in the ones who wanted to finish it Monday, uh, Friday night. And when it became obvious that the no's were going to win, like 50 people changed their votes. Because you can change your vote in Congress. It's just one of those odd things that even after the time has expired and even when you see the result, you'll be like, oh, I picked the losing side? No, I prefer to change my vote in favor of the side that won by a landslide. So you watch the vote tally go from like 219 or 220 against to like a 270 against. In fact, here, this is the clerk announcing it. On this vote, the yeas are 155. The nays are 279. The motion is not adopted. And five minutes prior, that had been a just about even with a little bit heavier on the 279 no side. In fact, some of the representatives... One more time. <laughs> like, one more vote. We're right there. You got, you know, Gates and Bober to vote present, not to actually vote. And in the end, they and a couple of others, you know, the, the big opponents, six of them voted present, allowing the total to go down, which meant that a majority of half plus one was a lower threshold. And they, so, so Matt never did vote for McCarthy, but he enabled McCarthy to win by voting present. That makes sense. That's that's kind of how this all turned out. So then McCarthy gives an uh, now. If you thought that the process of getting here was long, the McCarthy speech <laughs> <laughs> at like one o'clock in the morning on Friday was, you know, what's the old rule when 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 they don't really want you there in the first place, just just make it brief. <laughs> That was not, he did not make this brief. This was a long, I mean, it's like 25, 20 minutes, something like that. And I did listen to all of it um, while I was doing other things. I didn't devote attention to it. But, it did, you know, it, I mean, it was it was a little bit funny, okay, because um, they introduce him and his very first comment out the gate. <laughs> Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader, was the one who introduced him, which is the protocol. That was easy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought we'd get up here. Yeah, nobody did. Um, <laughs> so, oh, and this this is actually kind of a funny joke because remember Hakeem Jeffries got all of the votes from the Democrats every single time throughout the whole process. There was actually one round he got 211. Not that it matters to anybody but nerds like me. Um, I think somebody had missed the vote anyway. Thank you, Minority Leader Jeffries. Hakeem, I've got to warn you. Two years ago, I got 100% of the vote from my conference. <laughs> a 
luck and change in your own party when you have power. That's got. I, I I thought that was funny. I thought that was pretty funny. So he gave this kind of long, windy speech about goals and how he admired Lincoln. And he goes to stand in Statuary Hall and the desk. Where I, you know, whatever. Fine. Um, he won the speakership his whole life. He's been, you know, wanting to get here. It's the house he's always wanted to buy, and we thought for a while he didn't have the money for it. Um, so fine. Now he's got it. You know, house being a double meaning. Anyway, um, <laughs> and also the, having the money for it, which also a double meaning. Anyway, so he says, look, um, here's the here's our plans. We're going to hold hearings on the border. Interesting. Uh, you know, now that Biden's been there one time briefly, um, you know, we're going to control spending. You know, spending is going to have to free. It's going to have to come from somewhere. I thought, honestly, the most interesting announcement or comment that he made in that whole speech. It's nighttime. Here in Washington. Morning. But in some ways, it's also like a new beginning, a fresh start. My friends, this chamber is now fully open for all Americans to visit. So the House is back open now, which is an interesting change since COVID and Pelosi, right? And I want to give all Americans a personal invitation. You are welcome to see this body at work. No longer will the doors be closed, but the debates will be open for you to witness what happens in the people's house. And between COVID and January 6th, it hasn't been that way for a little while. So just kind of an interesting note. And honestly, the best news of the night, other than that all of this nonsense is over, um, and also that the the holdouts did get a fair number of concessions about rules and that are actually pretty substantial. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Um, some of the, you know, I don't, I don't know that Matt got everything that he wanted or the holdouts got everything they wanted, but they did get a lot. Okay. And the one thing that was probably the best moment of the whole night was that Kevin McCarthy, now the newly installed speaker, gets to give the oath to all of the new members. The members elects will rise. The chair will now administer the oath of the office. All members elect will raise their right hand. Do you solemnly swear or affirm that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that you take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you are about to enter, so help you God. Congratulations. You are now members of the 118th Congress. Hey, we have a government again. (laughs) Yay! Wait, what did I say? I'd be happy about that. I mean, I kind of like when they weren't doing anything. 521 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Wednesday at 1030 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Join Cody Martin, Artistic Director with the Pensacola Opera, as Cody discusses Pensacola Opera's upcoming production of Puccini's La Boheme, following Mimi and Rodolfo from their first meeting to their final devastating moments. Shows are January 20th and 22nd. Call or text questions at 850-437-1620. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. 
Hey, y'all, this is your girl, Cheryl Underwood, and I want to tell you something. My digestive system used to make me feel sluggish, but those days are over. Now I feel great. That's because I increased my fiber intake with the Metamucil 2-Week Challenge, and I'm still hooked. I just took Metamucil every day for 14 days, and it's really that easy. Metamucil traps and removes the waste that weighs you down, so you feel lighter and more energetic. Now I never want to go back to that heavy feeling. Are you ready for the Metamucil 2-Week Challenge for a coupon and daily support? Sign up at Metamucil.com today. As a Walgreens pharmacist, I talk with people all the time about little tips and tricks for filling their Medicare prescriptions, like taking advantage of Walgreens 90-day refills to save them a trip, or using refill by scan, which is super easy and right on your phone. And for anybody worried about prescription costs, I say, hey, we got you with low-cost co-pays on many medications. Let's talk about making things easier. Walgreens is here. Fill your way and save at walgreens.com slash Medicare. See pharmacists for restrictions and exclusions. All of your local news and talk from dependable host Andrew McKay on your morning drive with Pensacola Morning News 5 to 9 on News Radio 92.3. Could it be? <laughs> 523 on News Radio 923. Good morning. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Oh man, good to have you with us. It's uh, you know, normal temperatures today. What I think of as Pensacola normal today, which right. is it's mid 50s right now. It's going to be like higher 60s later today. So, you know, it's it's short weather if you want to if you want to make a point, but you're wearing you know, the pants. I know, I'm wearing the pants today. Uh, kind of excited. I just, you know, a little something a little different. I'm too fat to fit in my pants. So I'm just wearing pajamas <laughs> and around the house. It, it, Darren calls them my husks. Uh, what? Because, well, because like I bought these footy pajamas for Christmas, so I'm an avocado, or I'm a big tie-dye monster, and he's like, oh, there's your husk. Okay, I, take it off, I gotcha. Like, All right. I should wear a husk. I'll wear a husk in tomorrow. David Wayne is in the newsroom. Welcome back, David. Good to have you back. Well, thank you. Good to be back in these Pensacola temperatures, I'll tell you I that. Gotcha. Oh, I bet. Uh, Where'd per- you go? I-, I was in Iowa. A lot colder. A lot colder. I was in St. Louis two weeks ago. I understand. Uh, President Biden in Mexico today. The first time he's been to the southern border since he took office. He's discussing migration issues with the country's president and uh, with Mexico and Mexico's president. Also, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau at the North American Leaders Summit. Officials in Brazil say at least 400 people have been arrested now in connection to uh, the recent storming of government buildings there. Yeah, they uh, had the insurrection and now the National Guard's taking the buildings back or whatever, so weird. Go on. Absolutely. Uh, The buildings have since been cleared. There were a lot of supporters of the country's former president uh, that didn't want to accept election results. And Mel Gibson apparently no longer is going to be part of the 2023 Mardi Gras parade in Louisiana. Uh, of course, Friday, the crew... Well, uh, why? You yeah. can't just drop that on me. <laughs> right? I, I know. didn't know Mel Gibson was in the first place. Well, now you do. Okay. But he's not. So, un- yeah, <laughs> unfortunate. Uh, well, apparently, and I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, crew of Endymion? Does that sound Endymion, right? Endymion. Endymion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the crew of Endymion announced that Gibson would be leading the parade last Friday uh, in the afternoon, but apparently they got a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, grief over that decision because of Gibson's uh, anti-Semitic comments in the past. Okay. 
But who better to yell sugar T-word at, you know, (laughs) the parade, am I right? Although I agree with that. All right, is that it, sir? (laughs) That's all I've got for this Remember when he called the cop that? I, I... I've tried not to archive all of the Mel Gibson incidents. Okay, well, incidents. I have. No, like he got pulled over for a DUI, right? Oh, and then yeah, that, I do remember then that. the cop was, and he was like, hey, sugar blanks. <laughs> sugar gumdrops? Well, I know I, what I've you heard, mean. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's why they chose him, though. Maybe. He's trying to make light of it. He was there, you know, he's, he's the expert. Uh, 526 on News Radio 92.3. Oh, this is kind of interesting. David. Expert. David. <laughs> David, see what I mean? It takes a second. David David was mentioning that uh, Scambia County Fire Rescue is having tryouts. Uh, UWF is doing walk-ons this week. So you can try out for football this week. You want to go try out for football, Candy? Yeah, like no. that Philadelphia team. No, I don't. Oh, God, no. No, because you have to be enrolled at UWF. That's right. We're immediately disqualified as non-enrolled students. You do have to be a full-time student at UWF, a grad or regular. Um, but, yeah, uh, this is going to be Thursday the 12th at 11 a.m. You can go find out if you have what it takes. I don't know if that's really any, the way anybody talks, but there like you go. Like the Keanu Reeves movie. Come on. And they had like, uh, what, 1,500 people showed up for the over the weekend, 1,600 for the sacred tryouts or whatever, the casting call in Pensacola. Mm-hmm. So hope they found what they needed. I mean, that's all you can really hope for. 437 uh, 1620, 437 Hamlin uh, is tweeting, you know, hey, you know, thanks for all the prayers. Appreciate everything that y'all did for me. It's, uh, it's wonderful. Um, and, you know, all of the NFL was all about him, you know, in terms of their support and solidarity with him. And let's take a moment of silence yesterday in all the games. Uh, there were two of my favorite things happened yesterday in football. Two of my favorite things happened. Although one might have been Saturday. Could be mistaken. I think with both yesterday. Anyway, um, the Patriots got knocked out of the playoffs by I, the, the, the Bills. I the, think the yeah, Bills. the Bills. That's, that's right. right. Um, so that one I didn't watch the game. I just saw the result. And then <laughs> you only uh, care about the losing. That's right. Uh, and oh. and also my other favorite thing happened um, is the Lions managed to win a game, and in the process knocked the Packers out of the playoffs. The the Lions could not go to the playoffs because Seattle had won their game, and Seattle was going to be in and unless the Lions I guess tied or won, which they did. And they managed to have a winning record this year. The Li- that's the news. The Lions had a winning record, which is amazing. You know, the uh, Detroit. I, yeah, I was from Detroit originally. Before I was from Chicago. Before I was from St. Louis. Before I was from Phoenix. Before I was from Oregon. Before I was from here. Right. <laughs> but a lot of you places. You're in the land of the crow and devil's night. No, I. I just. I, Did you see a lot of cars on fire on your way to school? Or. You're still pay personal. I don't, I don't like to talk about it. Um, no, but <laughs> I'm a Packers fan. I know. No, I not D- Detroit. Fan. I was I, I was born and raised in a, in the Detroit area, and so uh, to, you know for a while, and then you know after that later other, other places. But so like I, I realize this every time there's a chance that the Lions are going to do well, that I am still at heart a Lions sure. fan somehow. <laughs> after all these years, there's just something about it. I don't know. It's like it's like the D for the Tigers. You know, there's something about that that still makes me happy in my deep young kid heart of hearts. Um, you know, and yes, I did like it when St. Louis beat them in the World Series. That was thrilling because the Cardinals fan, but there was a part of me it's like, oh, why do they have to both be in the same one? You know, <laughs> that's not right. So, no, it makes me happy to see the uh, the Lions do well once in a, once in a while. Uh, the place where Heisman Trophy winners go to die. Uh, Five twenty nine. Like when the Globetrotters played the Generals. <laughs> right. No, and I was a Pistons no, fan G. too. Way oh, back, yeah, way yeah. back in the well, day. How could you not? The Lamb Beer days and all that. You Hello. know, Rodman, Sally, all that. Uh, but then I moved to Chicago, and here I am, a Pistons fan in Chicago. It's a little awkward. <laughs> 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 like, I wasn't like real loud about being a Pistons fan at school back Bulls. in grade school. 529 on News Radio 92.3. Oh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, Seattle 
the school system in Seattle is bringing a lawsuit. God only knows what's going to happen in this lawsuit, but I thought it was fascinating. They are suing tech companies in order to over what they claim are harms to their students due to the tech companies creating social media that harms their students' ability to perform in the classroom and other mental health issues. Uh, The school districts in Seattle, lawsuit against TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Snapchat to hold them accountable for the mental health crisis among the youth. And in case you're thinking, well, I thought they were immune from this, Section 230 protects them against lawsuits over content they host, but this lawsuit alleges that it is the basic behavior of the product that has harmed the kids, and so Section 230 would not exculpate them legally. Very interested to see what happens with this. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. President Biden's in Mexico City to meet with the leaders of Mexico and Canada after his first visit to the border in El Paso, Texas, greeted when he got off Air Force One by Texas Governor Greg Abbott. A letter he gave the president labeled border policy a failure. And he called for tighter enforcement of the Remain in Mexico policy and resumption of border wall construction. Fox's Grinnell Scott. Police in Brazil have regained control of the country's congressional and Supreme Court buildings and the presidential palace, all stormed and damaged by supporters of former President Jair Bolsonaro. Brazil's current president, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, is not in the capital. According to local media, he's been moved to the city of Sao Paulo. Now, President Lula da Silva was sworn in just about a week ago after narrowly beating Bolsonaro in an October runoff. Fox's Trey Yanks police report making 300 arrests. Bolsonaro is believed to be in Florida. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne. Right now, 56 degrees, clear skies here in Pensacola this morning. Well, the new westbound side of the Three Mile Bridge might be open in the next couple of months. Report by the PNJ today saying FDOT is planning to open that new span of the bridge either this month or even next month. FDOT's Ian Satter uh, telling the News Journal he didn't have a specific date. He says they are still finishing up a few things and then traffic will be flowing on that new span of the bridge. A barrel racer killed at the Baker Rodeo over the weekend. The Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office says that happened at a rodeo at the Baker Area Community Center off Highway 4 Saturday afternoon. Deputies say the 56-year-old woman was leaving the competition area. Apparently, that's when her horse threw her off its back. She hit a pole, was taken to the hospital, and that's where she died. Uh, the woman was reportedly from out of state. Now, that accident's still under investigation. With the new year, new law now in effect in Florida, providing for screening of newborns for congenital illness. The law requires Florida hospitals and state-licensed birthing centers to test babies who fail a hearing test for cytomegalovirus, or CMV. According to the CDC, one out of every 200 babies is born with congenital CMV virus. About one in five babies with congenital CMV will have long-term health problems. That's Rick Hoschel reporting there. Domestic violence incident in Foley over the weekend left both a husband and a wife dead. Baldwin County deputies say that happened Saturday at a home on Greenway Drive in Foley. The suspect identified as Scott Blackwell and Uh, Baldwin County deputies say he was acting strange and armed with a pistol. Blackwell then reportedly became violent, ended up shooting his wife, Cindy Blackwell. Another family member shot and killed Scott Blackwell. Family members say that uh, the family or deputies rather say the family member was acting in self-defense of the victim and is not going to be charged with a crime. Both Scott and Cindy Blackwell were killed in this incident. 
And if you are a Verizon wireless customer, you might see some issues with your cell service if you're going to be up in the Century area this week. Apparently, Verizon says they are doing some network upgrades in the northern part of Escambia County. They didn't really elaborate on what is being upgraded, but they say the process taking a bit longer than they anticipated. They do expect it to wrap up within a couple of weeks. It's 534 at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 first warning weather. This is meteorologist Burke Richardson with your first morning weather update. Beautiful day out there today with temperatures starting off on the cooler side, warming into the mid-60s for this afternoon. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 44. Mostly sunny skies as you head into Tuesday as well with a high near 67. Tuesday night, temperatures dropping near 53. Beautiful weather continues into Wednesday, but temperatures will be starting to warm up. Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 74. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News first morning weather team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Burke Richardson from the first morning weather Center. Thank you very much, Brooke. 56 clear skies right now in Pensacola, 59 in Gulf Breeze, and 56 in Milton. Our next news at uh, 6 o'clock and breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne. This is News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Dependable and local news and talk with Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay in the mornings, 5 to 9. Followed by the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jenna Barr, mornings 9 to 11. Fox News personality Brian Kilmeade, 11 to 1. Dave Ramsey, 1 to 4. Pensacola Right Now with Bobby Rossi, afternoons 4 to 7. And Lars Larson, only on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. This is Paul Epstein with Running Wild. Join me this Wednesday at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Discover why we at Running Wild are the running and fitness experts in the Pensacola and Fairhope communities, specializing in fitting you in the best shoe, apparel, and training for your unique needs. We pride ourselves on serving, training, and encouraging you to reach your goals. So bring your questions this Wednesday at 10. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 6. As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support. datarevs.com. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Are you curious about marijuana? Florida A&M University established the Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, also known as MARI, to educate the public about medical marijuana use as well as the detrimental health and social impacts of unlawful marijuana use on local communities. Find out more at mmeri.famu.edu. Stream us online at newsradio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app.
December 24th, we received notice of issues at the new jail, which required calling in technicians on their day off to make repairs. David Brown responded to the emergency call and was assisted by Kenneth Gilbert in securing a ruptured HVAC coil that was leaking water into the interior office space of the new jail. Michael Edwards, custodial supervisor for the downtown governmental complex, also responded to address removal of the water that had leaked into three offices and the hallway. This is Wes Moreno talking to the Scambia County Commission, giving them an update. It's a little bit more in detail of the same stuff that he told us last Thursday about the facilities issues they had during the big freeze on uh, Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day. On December 25th, Christmas Day, Zach Willis received a call from dispatch that water was coming through the ceiling above the public defender's office. Zach was the on-call weekend tech that was the first to respond. Once we received the call, we started putting together a team to come in and take care of the issues. Once we arrived, we realized this was more than we can handle by ourselves. We immediately got on the phone with First On Site to come in and help with the cleanup. First On Site was able to assemble a team in under two hours to come to come in on Christmas Day and started the cleanup. And, and they did, and that's one of the things that he took time to praise them for is quick thinking, working on a holiday, just getting the job done and making sure that more damage didn't happen. And, uh, you know, some of those buildings were, let's just say, uh, not comfortable temperatures <laughs> because they were just hot in the you know regular weather of a Pensacola December. But you know if you don't have the air conditioning working because things have gone wrong, and so the uh, folks who I got a couple of texts in from people like, oh my God, Andrew, you have no idea how bad it is. And uh, Pam Childers, clerk of the court and comptroller. Mr. Administrator, I'd like to say thank you for recognizing them. I have Eric Carter in the background, and my office was what 86 degrees, Eric, and four hours later it was 65. But he was always checking on me and our staff that does the courthouse is always there checking on us because it rains inside with every storm and they are checking on us. So these men and women help all of our buildings, help us to do our work comfortably. And I have like 240 jurors every Monday and they are helping to make sure people can do their civic duty. And thank you very much for taking care of us. Appreciate it. Outstanding. Hey, I love it. To, I love to hear good news about our folks who work so hard. And, you know, they, the folks who do the work you don't think much about, you know, but it's essential to everything else happening. You know, like we have engineers here. We have salespeople here. We have people who work in traffic and people who, you know, fix the lights. I mean, you know, the people you don't and think about. And the reception. About, yeah, the, yeah. The behind the scenes. And the reception. Right. And office staff. I mean, just all of it. Um, the people who don't typically get an awful lot of notoriety, you know, you don't see their face up on the billboard, <laughs> which is unfortunate because they are like crucial employees to all of this stuff. So good job to hear all of that. 437-1620. Then in the night meeting, that was in the agenda review. Then in the night meeting during the commissioner's forum, which is always you never quite know what you're going to get out of commissioner's forum. I mean, sometimes you get nothing whatsoever. Sometimes you get some very interesting. Um, I, I I guess I can't exactly call it news, but it kind of is. This is Jeff Bergash. I had the opportunity to celebrate New Year's Eve in Mobile, Alabama. Um, and I, I just want to say, I think Pensacola, I think Escambia County, I think downtown Pensacola, we need to, to bring back a celebration that the entire community can be proud of. And so, Mr. Chairman, I intend to really press that. I've already spoken with the Downtown Improvement Board. We can do what Mobile did, but we'll do it better. And we won't have a mass shooting and fights either. I, I hope. <laughs> but, <laughs> Way to make it weird, bro. Um, no, like that was down the room, gosh. Yeah, that was that was really really bad for Mobile. No, but this idea of bringing back the Pelican, which you know we've ta I talked about this with David Forte last week, and we got the secret location disclosed. Uh, it's not a secret, uh, but you know this is something that it, it's one of those things that everybody wants, nobody wants to pay for, which of course means that it doesn't happen because. 
you know, it is expensive to put on something like that. Now, I got suggestions in from uh, somebody who said, uh, you know, what we ought to do is cancel uh, or not cancel, but move gallery night to December 31st. Done, solved. Okay, best idea. <laughs> right, best and then, idea. You yeah, know, just a just little drag bit. Drag that pelican out. A little yeah. bit beefier uh, version of gallery night, and you could really solve all of these issues. What was interesting is this had a hundred percent board support. I didn't hear Stephen Barry say anything, but Commissioner Lumen May, Commissioner McGosh, you will have my full support. I've spoken with Walker Wilson at DIB and Danny Zimmerman, and Danny has put that together. Uh, so you will find my support whenever you bring that forward. Very good. We'll take it. But it turns out it wasn't really Bergash's idea to make this happen. Um, you know, just that you know they don't get to talk to each other outside of the meeting, so they never know what each other's doing necessarily. But uh, Robert Bender and Mike Kohler. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Of course, I'm rolling off, and Mike's on it now, and and so I know that was something that they had rolling off the uh, the DIB board. Like there's you know somebody's gonna represent the commission on that board just as a I don't think they were voting if I if I remember correctly they may or may not be voting it doesn't matter but somebody had been Robert Bender and it's gonna be Mike Kohler couldn't do it this year but they had already talking about doing it for next year and bringing the pelican drop back and everything like that so uh leave it in Mike's hands I got a warm fuzzy because that was the first thing I brought up at the DIB and I hadn't talked in you so next year it's gonna happen Let's do it. next year it's gonna happen so that, that's as close to a promise as you get. Of course, what's the real question? Who's going to pay? <laughs> How much and who's going to pay? Because, look, there's, there's no doubt everybody wants it. Everybody wants There's nobody who was like, oh, thank God that Pelican drop isn't happening this year. You know, like everybody was upset. And gosh, it's been five years? Six years? It's I don't know. I did the did them all with cat country. Yeah, two, so I don't. Know. I was there every year. I as know you we do. all were. Yeah, you know, fourteen. We're in our station bathrobes. That's right. That we got oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That. With fourteen, Ashton. fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. I want to say seventeen was the last year. I think you're right. I don't think there was one eighteen. I don't then, think so. And I'll have to maybe I'll just have to go have to you know do a little quick search and see if I can figure it out. But it's been you know five years probably since we've had one, and the pelican is still available. Um, so. Who who wouldn't love to have it back? The question, of course, is who's going to pay for it? And that's why I went away in the first place is because DIB, basically, Downtown Improvement Board, um, basically made the decision that they were funding it every year. And I think it was hundred grand was the price tag. So that price tag is probably higher. Uh, but, you know, I think around $100,000. And the, the basic question was, is that the best use for promoting downtown businesses of the $100,000? And their answer was no. That, you know, our mission of promoting business downtown is not best accomplished by this thing, even though people love it. That's not really our mission. And so they didn't fund that. And obviously the city council didn't step in and the county commission didn't step in and nobody stepped in. And so we lost the thing. And this was, if you remember, this is around the time when we seemed like we were losing all kinds of things. You know, the Schmuckler Christmas parade went away and the, um, the evenings at old Seville square went away oh, around the that. same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Schmuckler Christmas parade went, I think 2004. 14 might have been the last year for that. Um, I never got to go to that, which always bums me out. I never saw it. Oh, but it was. I know it was a you, thing. I, I don't know if you'd have liked it, well, but it was awesome. <laughs> it enough. was awesome. Yeah. And I'm I, like throwing Slim Jims from a Santa Claus. <laughs> I wish I could have <laughs> seen it. It was pretty fun. But it, seemed, it came at a time when it seemed like we were losing a lot of these things. And, uh, you know, Sausage Fest went away at some point in there. And, you know, some of the things oh, that we right. thought we were going to get, we didn't right. get. St. Anne's, yeah. You know, so anyway, it, it was kind of part of a wave of public events that somebody has to pay for, yeah. that nobody wants to pay for, but everybody wants to go to, which is, you know, always a thing. 437-1620. So I'm optimistic. I mean, I hope so. Uh, last uh, quick update is uh, huge numbers on the toll bridge last year, Robert Bender. The Bob Sykes toll numbers, we had almost a... Uh, 
650,000 vehicle increase over 2021, uh, just shy of 5 million vehicles at 4,852,346 for the year. Um, that's still uh, 170,000 more than what we had in 2019. So uh, it was a good year for, for vehicles headed out to the beach. Again, 2019 is the baseline because that's pre-COVID, right? So yeah, right, know, right, going back right. and looking at that. But this is good news. This is news I've been telling you was coming. We just didn't have a date, but this fits with the other time frames that we knew about. Again, Commissioner Bender is the commissioner over the eastern half of the city of Pensacola in the county terms. Okay, District 4 is the eastern half of the city of Pensacola, plus Pensacola Beach, plus a tiny little strip of land at the east end of Gulf Breeze where there used to be a big sign with a sailfish pointing towards Pensacola Beach. That's property owned by Escambia County, right? The beach sign will hopefully be up by our, our next regular board meeting in, in two weeks. Uh, I was able to see it uh, run through the progression of, of lighting up and everything before Christmas. Uh, and I think uh, the community will be happy. It's hard to believe that, that it's, it's here, that it's going to be back up and working. So uh, excited for that. So if all turns out as sold, <laughs> right. we will have a functioning Pensacola Beach sailfish sign in about within the next two weeks installed and as robert bender says fully operational which it was supposed to be before remember the original the original sign had all kinds of functionality you know the old starburst that would work well and then the sparkle and you know if you ever watch channel three they're um in there at least at their 10 o'clock news and i think some of their other newscasts but i know at 10 o'clock because that's one i normally watch they um they use the sailfish sign as their like background imagery to what they're doing but the ver- the video they use is of the is of the sign sort of barely functioning you know several of the lights are out the sparkle doesn't work the 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 rings that expand are only partially functional that was from that second sign the replacement sign at the end of its functional lifespan and what's supposed to happen is to go back to like original true functionality and it's being done by the same company that built that second sign when it was working right so uh we it should be great i mean it should be better than it has ever been in the last uh, you know like 10 15 years like it hasn't worked right in that long so uh because i've been here nine years and it's never worked right as long as i've lived here it worked a little bit, and then we replaced it with one that worked a little bit better, and then worked ter- not at all. <laughs> and now we're going to get one back that works really well, which I'm excited about. 548 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Hey, Pensacola, it's Judy Lacey with Barberry Plumbing, and we are celebrating. We're celebrating our 50th anniversary and winning the 2022 Best of the Bay Award. My dad, Louis Barberry, started this company with a vision of providing the best service with honesty and integrity for the community. He also started the flat rate pricing system where you know exactly what the job will cost before the work is done, so there are no surprises. Now, 50 years later, his vision continues. At Barberry Plumbing, we appreciate you putting your trust in us and voting us as 2022 Best of the Bay winner. We know you don't always need a plumber, but when you do, we appreciate your vote of confidence by choosing Barberry Plumbing. Call Barberry Plumbing 850-477-8782. That's 850-477-8782. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. License number RF 1106-7749. 
Hi, this is Todd Thompson, President and CEO of the Greater Pensacola Chamber of Commerce. Tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel for the Chamber Connection Show that will keep you informed on what's going on with your Chamber of Commerce. Tune in at 10 to find out about our upcoming events, all of our different programs, and what's happening with our local business community. It's the Chamber Connection Show every other Monday at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. Friday night, all 20s gangsters, mobsters, politicians, and malls will gather at the Bootleg Ball at the Museum of Commerce. Wear your 20s attire for the fundraising benefiting the University of West Florida Historic Trust. Visit Pensacola.com for more. Dress up or dress down and join the Pensacola Symphony for the annual Beethoven and Blue Jeans performance Saturday night at the Sanger Theater. Get ticket info at PensacolaSymphony.com. Fox News personality Brian Kilmeade, 11 to 1. After Pap Talk with Jenna Barr on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Do you think I'm officer material? God, I'm worried about you. Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Happy Monday to you. Come on, I can say it. You can say it. We can all say it together. One, two, three. Happy Monday. No, no, no. I'm all by myself. Okay, fair enough. Um, David <laughs> David Wayne, who had to come back to work, you know, whatever. Uh, David, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Uh, thank you and good morning. Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond now considering filing for bankruptcy following an SEC filing that says there's doubt about the company's future. The home goods company says they're expecting a decline in sales of over $600 million from the uh, final quarter of 2022 compared to the, pri- the uh, prior year. More than 7,000 nurses on strike at hospitals in New York. Uh, they walked off the job early this morning. Apparently, they didn't reach a new contract. Nurses there fighting for uh, better pay and no cuts to their health benefits. And my retirement plan has failed me, guys. I did not win the Mega Millions jackpot, I was hoping. Yeah, yeah but, but it's uh, up again, right? It is an, it's now up to over <laughs> $1 billion, the third largest jackpot in the game's history. Wow. All right. There you go. So that was your plan? Well, that's really all I'm banking on. All right. You know, well, I'm I still need a all first all flight. Maybe, maybe the guy advising you on your retirement plans was also doing the finances for Bed Bath & Beyond. Just saying. Maybe <laughs> there's a that's true. Maybe it's because <laughs> they have be those big towels. Yeah. <laughs> also, I still need a first foot, so I'll give you 20 bucks. So that way you can put it towards your Mega Millions ticket. There we go. Yes. I've kept that people works. out of my house for a week. <laughs> Four, three, seven. Okay. I'm a, th- this doesn't have anything to do with anything in the news, but... I have to no. share. No, I just, oh my God. Um, so we've been watching Parks and Rec, which was never my show. <laughs> okay. That was never my show. But I, and I think, you know, sometimes shows are funny because of what you know or what you've experienced in life. And I, I think Parks and Rec, even if I had gotten into it when it was on, it wouldn't have been as meaningful to me as it is today with watching all these city council meetings of course, and knowing sure. all of these people. I mean, like, some of these are just How total. far are you into Parks and Rec? Uh, we're into like season four. We just got, okay. so we're about halfway through, I think. Because I want us to get a little Sebastian. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, little Sebastian's fantastic. <laughs> right. um, you know, I'm into the Adam Scott and uh, Rob Lowe here. I don't know if they stay with the show or not, but Rob Lowe's character is the 
goofiest, weird, dumb, I don't, it doesn't even make any sense character. Hot. It irritates me. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, but, oh my God, I'm watching the show the other day and it's where uh, Leslie, Leslie Nope starts her campaign to be city council member. And I'm crying, laughing with the satire of public radio when they... <laughs> I just, I couldn't stop. And so this will, I have to share in case you are not familiar. This is one, I'm going to share you three clips here. This is part one when the public radio announcer brings her on for the interview for city council. Support for Pawnee Community Radio comes from the Wendell G. and Muriel Fathright Corbelman Foundation and <laughs> Sweetums Cares, a nonprofit group that puts umbrella hats on homeless people when it rains. <laughs> Welcome to Thoughts for Your Thoughts. I'm Derry Merbles filling in for David Parker, who took off for eight months to study the migration patterns of our nation's squirrels. We have not seen him since. <laughs> Thoughts for your thoughts. That's totally public I'm radio. I'm filling in for Mr. Filling. And it, look, I, I actually... I like public radio. I like NPR. It is certainly not my philosophy, but, you know... Oh my, but there are, <laughs> this is, this is a labor of love. You know how I always say about SNL, okay? Yeah. The problem with, with SNL is they hate conservatives, so they can't satirize them properly. And they don't know how to end their skits, but yes, That's you're right. also yeah, true. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of um, stuff. You, you, you can only satirize something that you love the, the best or have loved the best, and it's only really well done if you still love it at least a little bit. Here's part two. Leslie, could one say that a book is nothing more than a painting of words, which are the notes on the tapestry of the greatest film ever sculpted. One could say that, <laughs> but should one? But that's, that's all just preface, okay? This was the one, and I was snorting. I think I was, I don't know. I was on the floor laughing, right? This is just a... Have you seen have you seen this episode? Do you remember this yeah, episode? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here here goes. After the interview. Join us next week when David B. and Cooley will be filling in for Richard Chang Jefferson, who will be filling in for me. Leslie, would you like to take us out? Okay. Please enjoy a song from the lesbian Afro Norwegian funk duo Nefertiti's Fjord. <laughs> They are terrible. Oh yes, they're they're quite awful. But they are lesbians, so <laughs> oh, God. oh, I played it like five times and my wife's like, that's enough. I was like, no one more, please. There's no moratorium on the lesbian jazz fusion duo. <laughs> Scandinavian. Oh, so, oh sorry, in Scandinavian. Oh man, I just Oh, uh, and you know, you know what I said to her? I said there's nothing I have ever written that's that funny. <laughs> that's so. I think they tracked it pretty good. That's, that's, yeah, the only that's, thing that's missing from. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I remember it's, it's, it's just a, this is a total side note. Okay, uh, one time in my career, I was you know when you're between jobs, you're trying to figure out where you're going to work, and NPR was one of the things I considered, you know. Oh, no, it, sure. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, they pay very, very, very well for being publicly funded. They pay them better than any radio station you know. And and I, th I thought <laughs> about it, and, and you know, the, the question was basically, you know, can you deliver the news in the style of NPR? And I thought, 
can, <laughs> but would I want to? That's really the question, and ultimately I decided that wasn't really the direction for me, but oh, that just makes my heart warm. 437-1620. What else do we have going Oh, this is actually kind of important. You know how we're having this uh, broadband expansion project, you know, in Escambia County, Santa Rosa County, everybody's trying to get better broadband now that there's all this, you know, massive amounts of money sloshing around to try to make this happen. Well, in in connection with that, okay, um, there is an FCC broadband access map that is open until Friday, this Friday the 13th. And you can find the map at broadbandmap.fcc.gov slash home. I'll give you it again if you want. You can look it up if you want to. It's pretty easy to find. But the point of this is that it will basically show where you live and then describe the Internet service access or availability and speeds that you have at your home. And they're wanting to know whether their map is accurate. And the commissioners in both counties say, oh, hell no. <laughs> That's not even remotely accurate. I haven't gone to look at mine yet, so I can't speak from experience. I'll do it here in the break and just kind of see how it, show, how it shows. Um, I, I have good access to the Internet in my home, so I'm not I'm, I'm expecting it. You know, what would I add is basically why I haven't gone. But I'm curious kind of how the interactivity of it works. But the point is they want you to go and say, no, that is not the actual level of service that we have in this area so that a better picture of the inadequacies. And I don't know whether this translates into justification for funding, but somehow I got to believe that's the purpose of the map is that, you know, the places that have the suckiest Internet are going to be better off in terms of their applications for grants or funding to be able to draw down funds in order to build infrastructure for broadband access. So that's the value of this thing, I'm guessing, eventually. And that's also why both Santa Rosa and Escambia County residents are being encouraged uh, to go look at that. Again, broadbandmap.fcc.gov slash home, broadbandmap.fcc.gov slash home and then you can kind of give the information there uh coming up next hour we're going to talk a little bit about the wastewater treatment plant in milton the it's actually kind of relevant for today's meeting of the santa rosa county commission because they had a big discussion about this as it always is at the milton city council meeting last week we'll tell you about that coming up next